When I was a little girl, I used to ride around in the car uh, with my mom a lot, as children do. And I have this memory of sitting in the back seat with my mom one time, and we were stopped at a red light. And I remember suggesting to my mom, why don't we just go? Right? We needed to turn left. And I said, well, let's just turn. There's no one coming. And she said to me, well, it's against the law to turn left at a red light. And I said, but we just turned at the other red light. And she said, well, I was turning right. You're allowed to turn right, but you're not allowed to turn left. And I remember thinking, how does anyone know these things? Right? Like, how would you remember this stuff? Like, do all the grown-ups just get like a giant book they have to memorize? Like, how in the world do you know what to do? I was um, tubing this week with a couple of my friends, and we were floating down a river, as you do when you go tubing. And, um, you know, we were talking about lots of things because we had hours floating down this river. And so we were talking about race, and we were talking about school, and we were talking about politics and all sorts of things. And as I lay there on this tube floating down the river, I was looking in the sky thinking about today and this sermon, and I thought, we still wonder what to do. Isn't this what all of us are actually doing in life? As we ask these questions, what kind of world are we living in? And what does it look like for us to live well in it? Right? We ask this question in a lot of ways, in our relationships and in our careers and in how we spend our money and in what we do with our free time and who we hang out with. We're asking these questions. Right? What does it mean to choose well, to live well, to be wise? Um, as Kevin mentioned, we are actually kicking off a sermon series this week about wisdom. And so we're going to be looking a lot at the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is a book that's in the Hebrew Bible that we now call the Old Testament. And Proverbs is often grouped together with Ecclesiastes and Job. And these three books form what we call our wisdom literature in the Bible. And so the wisdom literature seemed like a good spot to go when asking this question, what is it to be wise, right? How do we make these kinds of decisions, um, and how do we know what it looks like to live well? So I want us to start reading together um, from the book of Proverbs. We're going to start in chapter 1 with verse 7. And it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is a verse that's often um, gone to when people are talking about wisdom and foolishness. And in part, it's because it makes it clear. It sets up a contrast between people who are wise and people who are fools, right? Fools thumb their noses at knowledge and instruction, and wise people go after it and pursue it. Let's carry on reading. Um, we'll jump down to verse 20. So Proverbs 1, verse 20. It says, Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. So let's just pause here and make sure that we're all kind of on the same page. So in the book of Proverbs, um, wisdom is actually personified. So this person who is calling out and raising her voice is actually not a real person, and it's not meant to be the direct voice of God. This is actually representative of wisdom. And so wisdom is personified as this young, brilliant teacher, and they refer to her as Lady Wisdom. So she is the one who is out in the open and she's calling aloud. And let's hear some of what she has to say. Continuing in verse 22. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? 
Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen when I call, and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I, in turn, will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. So these are some strong words from Lady Wisdom, and um, she's really offering a warning to anyone who would turn away from the words and the wisdom that she has to offer them. She, she carries on talking, and she ends this part of her speech um, in verse 33 and says that whoever listens to her will actually live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. So she has a lot more to say over the chapters, of course, Um, but what I want us to do is to first start by noticing where Lady Wisdom is when she is calling out and when she is teaching to people. We read that in the first couple verses. It says that Wisdom was out in the open, calling aloud. She raises her voice in the public square, on top of the wall, at the city gate. So Wisdom, when she shows up, doesn't show up in the temple. She didn't show up at a feast day or at a gathering of the people of God. She didn't show up in a quiet place where people were gathered and praying and whisper a really wise response to them. She's actually in the noisy part of the city. She went to the market, to the city gate, to this place where people are going about their daily lives in a rambunctious and loud way. And she is calling out to anyone who will listen. So we can gather from this and other things that wisdom is not something that's just reserved for the people of God. Wisdom is not something that's only for Christians. This is something that is available to anyone and everyone. Wisdom is in the streets, literally crying out to anyone who will listen to her. So um, we, the word that we translate wisdom in these and many of these verses is chokmah. Okay, chokmah is a Jewish, or I mean a Hebrew word um, that the Jewish people would have known. And you read Hebrew from right to left. And so this word is chokmah. And we translate that wisdom. And so we know in Proverbs um, that chokmah is everywhere. Um, It is an attribute of God that was actually used to create the world. In Proverbs 3, it says that by chokmah, God established the foundations of the world. So chokmah is something that actually is woven into the fabric of creation. Chokmah wisdom exists everywhere and is available to all people. So wherever people are making good and wise and just decisions, they are tapping into chokmah. And wherever people are making bad or evil or unjust decisions, they are working against chokmah. Um, You can't get away from it. Chokmah wisdom is everywhere and it impacts everyone. Chokmah is a bit like gravity or buoyancy, or planetary motion, right? You can't just opt out and say, oh, that doesn't apply to me, right? So in the same way that Christians um, aren't the only one who have access to wisdom, Christians are also not exempt from wisdom or from needing wisdom. We can't just say, oh, I don't need to bother with that. God loves me and he's going to take care of me. 
right? Because no matter how hard you pray, no matter how much God loves you, completely independent of the reality that Jesus came and died on the cross for you, if you stand on the top of a building and jump off, gravity is going to take you down. And it's not because God's mad at you or you didn't memorize enough scriptures. That's just how gravity works, right? And this is how wisdom works. It's woven into the fabric of creation. It is it is for everyone and available to everyone. And the book of Proverbs um, is full of wisdom where God is showing us something about the truth of his creation. And he's doing this so that we don't have to discover it the hard way, right? We can decide to work with wisdom instead of working against wisdom. And Proverbs, honestly, it's a little bit tough too because Proverbs isn't really working um, to convince us of anything, It's filled with a list of sayings, and it doesn't paint us a pretty picture. It doesn't tell us a parable. It doesn't unpack some of these sayings to make sure that we understand exactly what it means. Um, it's, It's rather abrupt in saying, this is how it is, right? This is what wise people do. This is what foolish people do. Take it or leave it. So, um, I I pulled a few Proverbs because I wanted us to get a a picture for the kinds of things that Proverbs is going to be teaching us um, about. And so the first one uh, that I pulled is Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer uh, turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So wisdom, chokmah, has something to say to us about our emotions, about the way that we talk and the way that we respond to things and to people. Proverbs 27, 18, the one who guards a fig tree will eat its fruit and whoever protects their master will be honored. So wisdom has something to say to us about hard work. If you're the one that's guarding a fig tree, if you're the one protecting and nurturing it, then you're going to get to eat some figs from it. Um, It has something to say to us about the way that we treat people who are in positions of authority over us, right? Wisdom has something to say about that. Proverbs 25, 17, Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you, and they will hate you. So Proverbs is giving us some relationship advice, um, some neighboring advice, right? This, this uh, don't overstay your welcome. Don't, don't tap in too much to other people's generosity. Proverbs 28, 27. Those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. Wisdom has something to say about our generosity and how we look at or look away from people who are vulnerable, people who are marginalized, how we handle our resources. Wisdom has something to say about this. Proverbs 12.1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. I almost didn't pick this one because I didn't know if I was allowed to say stupid into the microphone, but Kyle's away, so here we go, and it's in the Bible, right? But, but the, the truth is that Proverbs covers this wide range of topics, right? The Lord is offering us wisdom in, in terms of our finance and generosity and how we love people and how we relate to each other and how we manage and navigate tricky relationships and how we receive correction and criticism. Are we pliable, right? Wisdom has something to say about all of life, about um, the way that we navigate the world. And so, you know, sometimes in our lives, when things don't go the way that we had hoped, or they're not going quite right, I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, it's easy for me to look to somebody else and to kind of point the finger at why my life isn't going really 
great, right? That person just has it out for me. That professor just really didn't like me. She just really wanted to fail me, right? Or, or even at the Lord and, and thinking, well, God should give me favor with these people, right? But chokmah, the wisdom of God, says that actually there, there's something to these ideas of, of hard work and showing up on time and learning to control your tongue and navigating relationships well and showing up and loving people. And, and you know, so, so there's this reality of working with wisdom and not against wisdom. Proverbs presents us this cause and effect pattern that, that no one can escape. It's this relatively straightforward wisdom. And if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, you know, I wonder if she knows it doesn't always work that way. Um, you know, and if you recognize that life doesn't always seem to be like a vending machine, right? That you can't just put in making the right decisions and honoring God and push a button and out comes your very good life where you can just live hashtag blessed. That's not always how it works. You're right. Right? Proverbs is often paired with Ecclesiastes and with Job as our wisdom literature because together these books give us a more fully orbed view of the wisdom of God. So Proverbs is giving us this straightforward way of understanding the, the way that chokmah has been woven into life. Ecclesiastes presents us not the voice of Lady Wisdom, but the voice of a skeptic. There's this critic that says, you know, sometimes wicked people prosper. And sometimes you do everything the right way, and life doesn't turn out the way that you anticipated. And what Ecclesiastes shows us in the voice of an observer, Job shows us in the one of an experiencer. So Job lives this life of suffering where he can't find a reason for his suffering. And he recognizes through his own life and his experience that life isn't fair. And so together we look at these things and we understand something more of the wisdom of God. And here we are in Proverbs today with this list of instructions and warnings and advice and comparisons um, that demand our attention. And we can recognize that wisdom, chokmah, that we see in Proverbs, it does lay a foundation for living a good life. And so um, the, the wisdom that we find in Proverbs is not so much like a vending machine. It's more like a traffic light. And the general wisdom of a traffic light in traffic is that when you're approaching an intersection, if the light is red, you stop. And if it's green, you go. And if it's yellow, you slow down. And if you're stopped and it's red, you can't turn left, but you could turn right. right? This is the general wisdom of the traffic signal. And we know that if we follow this general wisdom that for the most part, it's going to mean that we will navigate traffic safely. But we know, don't we, that even if we follow all of the laws perfectly when we're driving, that that doesn't guarantee that we'll never be in an accident. And if we get in an accident, that doesn't mean, let's just forget about traffic lights. Obviously, they don't work, and there's nothing of value or wisdom available in them. Right? Some of, um, some of the way that we understand Proverbs is like that, and we know that because of the way that it's paired with Ecclesiastes and Job, that we can understand that the way that God has woven wisdom into the fabric of our society and our relationships and um, this earthly kingdom and his kingdom 
He did this in such a way that these proverbial sayings and admonitions, they actually really do help us as we navigate life and and as we set up guideposts. That's why we study and we learn and we memorize Proverbs and other scriptures. This is why Jenny and Explorers teaches our kids to memorize scripture. This is why we have so many of our study groups and Sunday school classes and life groups, because we understand that there is something... um, that's helpful and valuable about thinking well about life and the world and faith and Jesus and what he has instructed us to do in living well and in following him. You know, um, one person who encourages people to live really well is G.I. Joe. I don't know if you're familiar with G.I. Joe, um, but sometimes I watched G.I. Joe um, when I was a kid and the cartoons. And if you ever watched it or had it playing in your house, you might remember that at the end of the cartoon of G.I. Joe, there was this 30-second teaching that he would do. So uh, the writers at G.I. Joe, I guess they paired up with, like, the National Children's Safety Council, and so they would have these messages for, like, don't get in a car with stranger. Um, here's how you tread water, right? Try not to get trapped in an old refrigerator or whatever. And so they would have all of these lessons. And then at the end, G.I. Joe's face would come onto the screen and he would say the same thing every time. You might remember. He would say, now you know. And knowing is half the battle. Again and again, now you know. And knowing is half the battle. I think for most of us who are here today, most of us who attend South Park Church, or most people who would be listening to this message on a podcast or online, I think most of us are not actually at risk of thinking that Proverbs isn't helpful. Most of us are more at risk of G.I. Joe's mantra being a reality in our life. Here's what I mean by that. We are at risk of stopping the battle halfway. See, G.I. Joe presented in a really positive way, where he said, now you know, you're halfway there. But I think that for us, sometimes we actually get halfway there and we stop. I've never been a soldier, um, but I have a 10-year-old son that likes video games. And he has a video game where these robots battle each other. And here's what I've learned from Grayson's video game with these robots. If you stop halfway through the battle, you're going to get your butt kicked. That's what happens in this robot battle game, right? Because half the battle isn't good enough. If you stop halfway through, you're not going to be victorious. You're not going to make it to the end. Chokmah, wisdom, is more than intelligence. It's more than shrewdness or sound judgment. It's more than being able to think deeply or rightly about something in life. Because we can know a lot of things and stop halfway. Yeah, I know I have a drinking problem. Yeah, I know I spend too much time online. Yeah, I know I'm harsh with my kids. Yeah, I know she's married. Yeah, I know it's technically stealing. We can know a lot of things and then stop when we're halfway there. The Bible uses the term chokmah, for intelligence and knowledge, but it also uses the term hokma for someone who is um, making something with their craft. So women who would spin goat's hair and weave it into things, they were using hokma. They were were using wisdom in their craft. 
The people who made Aaron's priestly garments, they made those with wisdom, with chokmah. The people who were building the temple and they were making stuff out of wood or of bronze, they were tapping into chokmah. It said they were using wisdom in making this thing. Because wisdom exists not just in knowledge, but wisdom exists in action and what we do with that knowledge. Sometimes we can be really familiar with the ideas in Scripture. We could know lots of Proverbs and lots of verses, and we can know them so well that we accidentally confuse knowing with doing. Sometimes we can trick ourselves into thinking that knowing what's required of us is actually all that's required of us, but that's just not the case. In the Israelite society, the wise people weren't the most intelligent ones. The wise people in the Israelite society were the people who demonstrated understanding and diligence and self-control and honesty and trustworthiness. Those were the people who were esteemed as wise because not only did they know the things in their head, but they lived out what they knew. Those were the people that they said were wise. But here's the thing. It's actually really easy for us to get off course. It's so easy for us to get this wrong. Uh, Just recently, I was invited to have coffee with a pastor in town. And I was looking forward to this coffee. Um, I was excited about it. And then soon after I got the invitation, I was meeting with another person. And as I was meeting with this person, I, I on purpose intentionally did not mention that I was having this other meeting that was going on. Um, that, that was going to happen. And, and the reason that I didn't bring it up was because I didn't want to have to invite this person to join us. In that moment, I, I wanted to feel important and special, and I wanted to keep this thing all for myself. And so by not bringing it up, I was intentionally excluding this other person, which is like exactly the opposite of what Jesus spent his whole life and ministry doing and teaching us to do, right? But sometimes when we get in the moment of something, things get foggy and it gets blurred and it gets somewhat muddled in our head so that we end up not recognizing what, what the wise thing to do is. In the heat of the moment, our relationship decisions don't seem so clear. And when we're walking around the mall and we're trying on shoes and seeing really pretty things, the generosity that Jesus requires of us doesn't feel quite so obvious. And when we're cut off in traffic, a gentle response doesn't seem like what's required of us. It just seems like what's required of other people, right? Because we could see why she shouldn't have bought that thing, and we could see why he is messing up his marriage, and we can see how they are doing a bad job in parenting, and we can see how undependable she is with her responsibilities. And sometimes we begin to feel so wise when we look at other people's lives and their mistakes. And then we stop asking ourselves the hard questions about our own lives, And we often get off course in our lives, not because we don't know the right thing to do. It's because we decide we want to do something else. It's because our longing for something lures us away from wisdom. What we have is we have a choice to make. We get to follow wisdom, or we could do what seems right in our own eyes. 
to follow wisdom or do what seems right in our own eyes. This is the choice that's been before us since God created people. This is the choice to fight the whole battle or to stop halfway through. This is the choice we have to to know and understand that Jesus is God or to follow Jesus into places of sacrifice and surrender. You know, Solomon, who wrote many of the Proverbs that we're studying, was a really um, wise king. He's the one who very famously prayed and asked the Lord for wisdom. And for many years, he ruled with wisdom over his kingdom. And if you know the story of Solomon, you might remember that at the end of his life, his life was full of sin, and he actually had started building temples to other gods. He had stopped worshiping just the Lord, and he had started worshiping these other gods, and his family seemed to start falling apart, and ultimately his kingdom was torn apart under his son's reign. What does it look like for us to live a good life? It looks like going after wisdom again and again. The way for us to live a good life is to follow the wisdom of the creator of life. This is what a good life looks like. God who wove wisdom into the fabric of the world invites us to follow. And he invited us to not just think about what seems right in our own eyes, but to actually follow him. And to not stop halfway, but to understand with our minds and to follow through with our actions this life of chokmah, this life of wisdom, where we both learn about and follow Jesus with all of who we are. May that be true for all of us.